Hey family, welcome to the Recalibrate podcast. It's your host Esther Glory and this is a new episode. So welcome guys, welcome to another episode of the Recalibrate podcast. To be specific, uh, welcome to episode 14 of season three where we've been speaking about hearing God's voice. Now this has been such an amazing um, season for me to 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 share with you guys some streams of revelation, to share with you guys about hearing God's voice and redefining what we really know to be the prophetic, but more importantly, about how we build a a conducive environment um, that can host the voice of God um, by understanding and inclining our ear to Holy Spirit. And so it has been such an amazing journey sharing with you guys and we will continue this is probably going to be one of our seasons yet uh one of our longest seasons yet sorry um as this is probably this is probably the most important part of um our aims here at recalibrate and so um we are going to be talking about this for a few more weeks so bear with us um but this is such an important topic because as you know our mantra here is hear God's voice until you become everything he's ordained for you to become and then begin to do all that he has ordained for you to do. Um, And I know a lot of the time we speak about the doing part um, and then we come into this understanding. I know with the rise of different schools of thought and different uh, ways and of self-actualization and all those kind of things, there may be, and even self-help and stuff like that and improvement books, there may be um, other modalities to becoming who God desires for us to become. And so I don't want us to get off on the wrong foot or on the off of the build off of the wrong foundation when it comes to the pattern. The pattern is God is God's first. And so um, the pattern belongs to God. It's it's hearing him. It's becoming like him. It's seeing him. It's encountering him, experiencing him, understanding, um, building understanding concerning who he is and what he desires and designed us for. And then we become that. Um, we become, and as we're on this journey, and out of our becoming, out of our identity in Him, we then begin to do. Um, and so, yeah, I want to follow the pattern, and that's why we're spending so much time on the importance of um, hearing God's voice and building an environment where the voice of God governs our lives. Um, And so make sure that you're all subscribed so that you always know when we drop an episode, it will always be Friday at 7pm, a new episode will drop. um, And we currently haven't missed any weeks. So please make sure um, that you are subscribed so that you never miss an episode um, and that you leave a review or you rate the podcast on whichever platform you are on um, so that other people can know um, that you're here with us in the family party. I always say this, but if you're new to the party, then welcome, welcome to the party. Um, but if you are a regular listener, if you are a regular part of our Recalibrate community, then welcome to the party. You already know where the drinks are at. Make yourself comfortable as we dive into this week's episode. Now you guys are getting you guys are getting the goods this episode because um, this is about to be a six week um, program that we do um, with the Recalibrate Podcast community um, online that we'll be sharing in the summer. Um, but it's about to be a six week program that will be titled Building 
a prophetic life and we're going to talk about six key areas to building a prophetic life a life where the the voice of god governs our lives and we have a conducive environment for the person of holy spirit um now this is going to be a six-week program so what i'm giving you in this week's episodes are four principles um in this week's episode, sorry, are four principles um, that I believe are really, really important um, to building a prophetic life, but we'll go into way more detail um, in the six-week program. So keep an eye out for that. Um, But I wanted to give you a glimpse into that today. But before we dive into this week's episode, I am going to give you the random musing of my heart, which is uh, our segment where we talk about all of the things that I've been thinking about or a skill I'm trying to master or something that's been on my mind throughout the week. And so the um, random musing of my heart for this week's episode is um, be humble enough to know when you are not the need. I'll expand (laughs) because that was quite direct. Um, But be humble enough to know when you are not the need. What am I trying to say? Um, a lot of the times we can become drunk on our own wine. Um, And what I mean by that is we can begin to sip on pride. We can begin to look for the things that may be necessary from another person, from God, from a community, from a, a church or believer, another believer. We look to even a spouse or a child or a parent some of the things um, that are meant to be fulfilled by other people, by external sources, sometimes we try to find that, most especially God, sometimes we try to search for that internally. And we create these fragmented or distorted or abstract circuits in our own souls to be able to navigate life getting everything from within. Um, And sometimes it takes humility to just sober us up to understand that this is the role of God maybe in my life. And this is where I begin. This is where I end and God begins. Like that there has to be humility to know, to, to unblur the lines, to remove, to begin to insert boundaries and not boundaries to protect yourself, but boundaries in order to know the difference between what is needed from you from within and what is needed from other people. So for example, um, let's give uh, person A. Um, Person A may have a fractured relationship with their their parents, their biological mother and father. Um, And because of that fractured relationship, some of the internal workings of the soul that are meant to be fulfilled by parents, um, we, as a trauma response or as a response to that negative experience or the fragmented relationships, person A can begin to, um, they can begin to try and fulfill some of the mother and father roles in their lives by themselves internally. And because of that, they build wrong perspectives or negative perspectives. And they also build, um, I've got me, a kind of I've got me mentality. And what that can begin to do is that can make person A either bitter or resentful, or it can make them um, maybe over compassionate. So uh, too much of a thing can also make it bad. So for example, where their compassion leads them to either go out of pocket or to do to sacrifice to the point where it where it puts them their own selves at harm. Things like that, it can make them build um, very extremist circuits in the soul to try and fulfill what actually a mother and father should have fulfilled in their lives. And so 
humility is realizing taking that to God to say, you know what, God, I feel person A, this is their this needs to be our response. Um, and person A would need to go to God and to say, God, actually, they highlighting and being vulnerable with God about the parts of their souls that they feel like they have been um they have been complete completing the circuits in their souls by themselves so that they can um, present that before God to deal with the perspectives and mindsets that may be impacting them negatively, but then also to pray and ask God to bring people into their lives who will not replace their mother and father, but will be able to, um, to engage in the either the activities or the personhood um, that will help them to fulfill those circuits in their souls in a more healthy way. This is also um, one of the things, and I'm going to segue into the episode, um, the first thing um, that I would say in terms of building a prophetic life is a life where you actually have community. And so that's the random musing of my heart. Be humble enough to know uh, when you are not the need, when you don't need you in that moment, you actually need another person, be it God, be it leaders, be it guides, be it mentors, be it coaches, be it counselors, be it therapists, be it family, be it friends. Um, whatever that may be, even a church community, whatever that may be, know when you are not the need and know when that need is outside of yourself. And so I'm going to segue into the episode. Principle number one, um, I believe for um, building a prophetic community, uh, building a prophetic life is community. Um, why do I say that? I believe that a lot of people come into the to experience God, um, and those personal encounters where you give your life to Christ and you experience Him personally for yourself. I think it, the hardest thing to do is to leave those moments of glory, experiencing the presence of God, um, and then coming out of that to realize that you have no one to share that with or you have people who don't hold um, the same values or can disciple you into what that experience is meant to yield as fruit. So for example, one of the questions that um, I've asked and one of the questions that I hear asked often um, when it comes to, to people who get saved for the first time or have backslidden and maybe come to, I hate the term backslidden, but um, who may have backslidden and come to come back, return to the faith. Um, one of the questions that is always asked is how do I pursue my relationship with God wholeheartedly and continue to experience him because this is beautiful. What I've experienced of him is so beautiful. How do I maintain that when my friends maybe don't necessarily believe what I believe or maybe, um, they maybe push me to um, to engage in things or acts or um, even relationships and things, both platonic and romantic, that I don't believe are healthy for my relationship with God. Um, now, I always tell people, and I've and I've asked this question as well to mature belie- to more mature believers than myself as well. Um, and even people, my peers, my friends, I've asked this question because I want to hear from everyone's perspective. Um, and that's something I mentioned to one of my mentees. They asked me how I formulate my questions for my mentors, for my friends and things like that. And I always say to them that you formulate it, even if you feel like you know the answer, formulate a question or ask a question um, that you feel you may even know the answer to. Ask questions you don't know the answer to, you have no clue about, but ask questions even when you feel like you may know the answer 
because um, you may hear a different perspective um, and it's humility to find out what the other perspectives may be or alternative perspectives or opinions or um, understandings of a particular thing are um, so that you can grow in different ways and stretch your mind also. And so um, with this question, it's been asked several times. And one of the things that I found to be the most common answer is to build community. And that doesn't necessarily mean to cut off um, your friends or community or people especially not your family um but I don't feel like it's necessary to cut everybody off I do believe that maybe um you should build a community specifically for your spiritual journey um and your relationship with God so for example um if you're someone who has just gotten saved um and so for example this was something for me so I grew up in the church um but I, most of my friends were not saved until I got to about maybe 15, 16. Most of my friends weren't saved. Um, I'd, I'd probably even challenge and say a bit older than that. Um, but most of my friends weren't saved. Um, and especially to be more specific, most of my closest friends weren't saved. And so what I had to do when I began to take my journey with God a bit more seriously was to purposefully build a community that I would go to church with, that I would pray with, um, that I would study the Bible with, that I would call to keep me accountable for certain issues and areas in my life, both positive and negative, um, friends that I would call for words of affirmation, friends that I would call when I felt like I couldn't really hear the voice of God, but my my community was built specifically to challenge me and to to help me grow in my relationship with God. Now, I didn't cut off all of my old friends. I just changed the dynamic of the relationship, um, A, by conversation, but also by action. So um, they noticed that I was different. They would ask me questions and in my behaviors. And I would say, okay, I'm taking my relationship with God a lot more seriously. That doesn't mean I don't want to have a friendship or um, sister brother relationship with you. Um, it's just that I I don't want my any of my earthly or physical relationships to make me forfeit a beautiful relationship with God, which I want to grow to have. Um And so I always encourage people to build community. And my favorite story, um, the scriptures will be in the episode notes, so please feel free to check those out. Um, But my favorites, one of my favorite stories in the scriptures is a group of guys um, are trying to get their friend in to see Jesus because Jesus is teaching um, in a house um, and the, the house and the roads around it and everywhere is packed and it's jam-packed and they can't get to Jesus, but they need their friend to be healed. Um, Their friend was lame and could not walk. Um, And so they were doing everything to try and get their friend to Jesus, but just couldn't seem to. And in the end, they take it upon themselves to climb up to the roof of the house um, and to lower their friend um, down into the gathering right before Jesus. 
And um, if you haven't, shameless plug, please go and get the more devotional. Uh, it's a 30 day devotional about pursuing more in God, more in you and more for you to do in the world. And this is one of the devotional day scriptures where it speaks about challenging yourself to build a community. And one of the things I said in the commentary section of that day's devotional was that um, these people these friends were so willing, they did everything in their power to get their friend to Jesus. How many of us have people in our community like that? And how many people are we friends for that we are willing to do the same for? Um, and so I asked that question and it was Holy Spirit asked me that question. And as I began to think upon it, I found it such an important question to share with everyone who will read the devotional. But it is so important that we are we understand that we need to build a community that are so heaven bent um, or adamant on getting us to Jesus and also being a part of people's other people's communities where we are heaven bent, so adamant on getting them to Jesus as well. Um, I feel sometimes when we preach or teach or share um, or or study about community, especially within the church context or within a Christian community of a, a community of Christian believers, when we share about this topic, we often talk about us as the center of the world, as obviously the main characters of the world, of our world. And then we look at our community once we speak about community. Not often, not as often do we look at how we're showing up in other people's stories, in other people's worlds. Are we as compassionate as Jesus Christ? Are we pushing them in their relationships, stretching them, challenging them to make sure that they're growing in their relationship with God? How many of your closest friends um, that are also believers have you ever challenged to say, how is your relationship with God? How is your devotion life now? I'm not saying violate people's boundaries and begin to ask them really personal questions. But do you have a community of believers that you do life with, that you pray with often, that you study with often, um, that you go to church together, that you um, build relationship with, that you speak to, that you find out how you can pray and intercede for them? Those kind of people that you do life with, how, when was the last time you took it upon yourself to care for them or, or show concern, even when there would be no benefit for you? I remember having one of the most powerful conversations I've ever had in my life um, with one of my one of my really good friends. Um, and I remember saying to her that there aren't I haven't really encountered. And sometimes this is something that I I deal with. And we're going to speak about it later on in this episode. But sometimes I have to question my motives. So when I want to do something kind or when I challenge myself to be faithful and consistent in an area or when I want to serve or when I want to when I'm experiencing compassion for a particular person, place or thing, sometimes I have to ask myself, what is the motive or the intent of why you want to engage in this action, this act of kindness? Why do you want to do it? Is it for recognition? Is it so that people will see what you're doing? Is it so that you'll be 
your you can uh, undo stereotypes that people may have about you what exactly is the reason for all that you are doing um, and I think sometimes it's really good to challenge ourselves to look at the way we're showing up in other people's narratives you may be a kind person but are you only showing up in that kindness when um, other people are there to watch when there can be an accolade or a, or a response or you can yield fruit from your kindness. Um, kindness is a fruit of the spirit and so it should be the way that we are in representation or in likeness with Jesus Christ versus um, for a reward or for a response from other people. Um, and so I feel like it's really important to examine how our communities currently and how we can uh, build a prophetic community, build a community of people that hear the voice of God. Um, and I always give this example, times where I haven't been doing as well or hearing God, God's voice has been foggy to me or unclear. And one of the things that has blessed me tremendously is getting random phone calls from people um, that I love and trust and are, are part of my community, just sharing God's word with me or praying over me or them just randomly receiving like I feel like da, 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 this is blah 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 a b c and d is going on and this is what God has to say about it those moments have clarified and brought me to a moment or a place of sobriety so that I can get back into the peace of God and also be able to navigate that particular situation scenario place or thing and so I think I would I would 100% recommend um, building community um, that hear the voice of God and that challenge you in your relationship with God to go further, to go higher, to go deeper, um, to find the more of God. Um, so, yeah, I would challenge you um, to get community, to build community and also review, evaluate how you are showing up in other people's uh, community of believers um, and helping them to build their relationship with God. Um, obviously, um, well, I shouldn't say obviously, um, but um, I do believe in building relationships authentically, organically. Um, I don't believe um, enforcing relationships because we're believers. We still have personality types. We still have our own day-to-day -day lives and stresses, stresses and issues um, that we need to show empathy to. And I feel like sometimes um, as believers, we can kind of bulldoze boundaries. We can kind of bulldoze access because we are Christians and because I may have heard the voice of God concerning you and what he has to say concerning you. But I still believe in building a bond, building relationships by getting to know people, by learning information, by learning their tendencies, by learning their proclivities, whatever it may be, build the relationship organically um, as well. And sometimes, most times, if not all, it really helps to just be authentic and genuine about your motives and your intents for building that bond from the beginning. Um, some of my favorite friendships are the ones where we didn't have any actual um thing to gain from each other we were literally just like 
I really like you. I like this about you. I like that about you. Um, can we be friends? Can we build a bond? Can we build a friendship? Um, and it starts there with intentionality. Um, sometimes when we try to build that bond with sneaky motives or we're not upfront in or intentional and genuine, sometimes it can really impact the depth impact the depth the relationship can take um, and so it's important to build community um, that helps to build a prophetic life number two is humility now I've been banging on about humility um, for the last few months um, and it's because it's really been something that's been on my mind I think we have misconceptions about how humility shows up in the life of a believer and I do I do know I've had um, misconceptions and sometimes I still believe I do and I want to unlearn those and build new definitions and so that's why I'm challenging my mentees I'm challenging every my friends my peers I'm also challenging um those who listen to this podcast and our, our community here at Recalibrate, I'm challenging you to think about what humility means in the scriptures and also what humility shows up as in the life of a believer. How do we reflect Jesus Christ in our humility? One of my all-time favorite books concerning humility um, is Humility by Andrew Murray and the link to that will also be in the description box below. Um, but I believe that humility is an important characteristic that can sometimes be overlooked because pride isn't necessarily arrogance. Uh, arrogance can be uh, fueled by pride um, and can be as a result of pride, but pride and arrogance are not the same thing. And sometimes because it's not arrogance, we don't think it's pride. So for example, one of the misconceptions I've had for a long time was that um, false humility, so believing in those limiting beliefs was actually humility, when in actual fact it was pride because I was believing a false narrative about who God had created me to be. And so I was living out, I was making my own path, making my own life, living at a lesser standard than what God had called me to live because I believed that those limiting beliefs were humbling me. They were keeping my back bent before God. But the fuel of my submission and my bow before God cannot be lies or cannot be alternative to the truth that heaven and God wrote about me um, at the point of my creation. And so um, I had to unlearn that false humility was humility. Humility is to, is to believe especially when it comes to identity, it's to fully believe everything God says about you and to submit to him in order to understand and to know and to walk in who he's made you to be as you develop in that being um, or in that person as you go along in life. And so, um, yeah, that was one of my misconceptions. But I found that um, listening to the voice of God humbled me. And when I would submit and humble myself in particular areas, then I would begin to grow um, in, in those particular areas. And one of the things that Holy Spirit told me, I shared this with my mentees, and I'm also going to share it as well in the six-week program. But one of the things um, that, that God shared with me as I was going through this process and still am on this process of learning humility according to God's standards um, was that the parts of myself that I I don't submit to God or yeah the parts of myself that I myself that I don't submit to God I'm rejecting redemption in 
Um, because what happens in the place of submission is that there is power, there is grace, there is strength, there is favor, there is wisdom, there is there are all of the things that you will need to navigate or to be redeemed in that particular area of your life once you submit it to God. But when you refuse to submit it to God, you are actively rejecting redemption. And this can also be applied to the negative parts of ourselves, the parts of ourselves where we need to grow. And I did a session called The Ugly Parts of Ourselves, which we'll do um, in the six week program as well. Um, but that particular session I spoke about, sometimes we speak about the prophetic and we speak about giftings and we speak about the positive things, but sometimes we neglect the negative parts of ourselves that God also desires to deal with. In one of our earlier episodes, we spoke about one of the roles of the voice of God being conviction um, and correction and rebuke. And I really think, feel like it's really important to not only glorify the prophetic as where God affirms and confirms and speaks to us and and words of prophecy and our futures and those things are all very much so important but to get to those places spaces and things God also needs to deal with the parts of us that aren't as as nice to to prophesy about or aren't as nice to handle or to deal with um he doesn't just i always say this he doesn't just deal with the fluffy stuff he wants to get down into the nitty and gritty of our human nature and our our ourselves um that aren't as pretty um and he wants to be with us in walking through that as well um and i always say this to encourage us it encouraged me and it still encourages me when i have to handle hard things about myself with god there is nothing there is no secret of your heart that is too dark for god um, the psalmist said it like this, even if I make my bed in hell, there you are with me. And so that scripture lets me know that the truth about God is that he's so faithful and consistent and so true to his promise that he will not forsake us that do we continue to sin that grace may abound? No, but do we know that in the seek, not but, and we know that the secret places in our hearts, we know that the things that we may struggle to deal with, he is in it with us and for us. And so we, it's, it is humble or is humility to to submit those things to God so that we can receive, we can be in a posture of receiving from God um, the redemption in those areas or the restoration or the healing or the deliverance or the salvation in those particular areas. Um, and so the ugly parts of ourselves um, in building a prophetic life, it is so important that we don't only want to deal with the things that make us worthy, but um, or that we believe may make us worthy um, or more glamorous, but also be willing to deal with the things that we we will usually have the tendency to hide. And in that same vein, um, with some of the things that we tend to neglect or not to talk about when it comes to um, building a prophetic life and something that sometimes can be um, a, an, a, a not so nice part of ourselves. Um, but something that often goes unaddressed are our motives and our intents. Now, I spoke about it briefly um, in community, but not just in community, in our desires, in our affections, in um, what we choose to be Lord, what we choose to be um, our guide, what we choose to allow to govern us um, can sometimes be, um, oftentimes can be 
hidden those are the parts that only you will truly know internally and I think sometimes we think we think of our relationship with God or our spirituality or our religiosity sometimes we measure that um, kind of like the Pharisees by who can see and what they can see us doing but it's really good that when we talk about um, our prophetic lives or building a prophetic life I think sometimes we neglect to talk about um, the motives and the intents that push us to be uh, spiritual to pray to worship to read our bibles to uh, commune with God, to show up at church, to serve in our local churches, um, to be planted in a specific church. I think sometimes um, we don't talk about the motives and the intents of the heart enough because those are things you experience internally and no one can really judge you apart from God. No one can actually judge the intent of your hearts outside of yourself and God. Um, and I don't think that, and even with the same thing I was talking about, the attribute um, of kindness, um, I don't think that it should only be measured in people's response. So people saying, oh, you're so humble or are oh, you serve so faithfully or are oh, you um, you work, you helped somebody or whatever it may be. Um, we shouldn't want the praises of people more than doing it because we've actually been transformed by God internally and we are becoming Christ-like. Um, and that's one of the, I was having a conversation the other day um, and one of the things that I was really challenged to do was review my motives and my intents because sometimes you can find yourself trying to challenge or navigate stereotypes or you can find yourself trying to not fit this the or not become a, a number or a statistic you can find yourself fighting to do all of these things but if your motives aren't right then your heart is not being changed your heart uh, posture is not being addressed and that is something that we neglect to talk about and so that's why one of the things that um uh some uh, a quote um i don't remember where it's from um, but it basically says that gifts and talents and things like that will, will um, not be able to conceal what a shabby character um, will unveil or something along those lines. I don't remember where I saw it, um, but basically um, you you can't only showcase a particular part of your character for affirmation or for accolades or for people to respond to you it it's just it means that you're doing it um as a facade it's eye service it's just so that people see or hear um you pray in tongues really loud in a, a gathering of believers but don't pray in your own personal time with god then that really isn't a, a life of prayer it isn't a person submitted in prayer um it really just is an almost pharisee style kind of showcasing of your relationship with God and so I think it's really important that we um, as people who want to live a life where the voice of God governs our lives um, that we we pay attention to our motives and we intend and 
our intents and we also evaluate them we we regularly look back at them check them are they still submitted to god are they still because i want to become christ like are they christ like are they still because i love god are they still because god loves me are they still are my motives and my intents based on a place of true transformation or is it a performance based mentality that is leading me and leading my motives and leading my intents um cuz sometimes we can be doing good acts but we're not changing into good people or transforming into good people and so those are some things that i feel like we need to pay attention to and are often neglected to talk about when it comes to pr- building a prophetic life but are key components um and so i thought i would share them with you in today's episode um and i hope you've enjoyed it so the challenge of the week recalibrate challenge of the week um i believe the challenge of this week is to write out uh, for each area for community for humility for the ugly parts of ourselves for uh, motives and intent write out how you want to build a prophetic life in those areas how can the voice of god become more potent in those areas and how can i evaluate evaluate spend some time in evaluation what is going well but what could be even better if in these four areas and see how you can better your environment to um to be more conducive and more welcoming of the voice of god in your life as well um and apart from that if you haven't got the more devotional go and grab that if you haven't read the book humility by andrew murray i believe that you should go and read those books as well um they're great books and great things to accompany um what we've spoken about in this week's episode and keep your eyes peeled and keep listening out to the podcast as well because i'm going to be sharing some announcements um very very soon um about the 6 week program on this topic and also another 12 week program that we'll be doing um here at the recalibrate podcast community um and so you guys know i absolutely love and adore you all um and i'll see you in next week's episode peace and love mm-hmm.